All right. I'm glad to be here. It's always a pleasure to be in the church, and I think it's a special that every sermon is, first of all, a sermon to us who are up here. So I'm, I'm glad to be able to share with you guys. I'm actually happy because I have a lot of my friends that generally do not come to Fall Creek here. So thanks for coming, guys. They are all in the back row. You can give a look so you make them uncomfortable. Michael, Jonathan, Finn, Eric, Daniel, and James. Thank you for being here. So when I was a kid, I was really scared of darkness. Were you guys like there? I don't know what I thought there was in the darkness, but I was so scared. And to my bad luck, every night I would wake up wanting to go to the bathroom. It was just like a nightmare. I had to wake up every morning, every night, and I would be barreling. Should I go to the bathroom? Is it worth it? And I always thought that my mom would be real mad if I peed my bed. So I always would go to the bathroom. So I would come down from the little stairs of my bunk bed. And I couldn't, I couldn't turn the lights on because I shared them with my sister. And I didn't want to wake her up. So I was like, what do I do? How do I walk in the darkness? And the way that I found to, fa- to fight my eyes, it was like, if I don't see the darkness, it's not there. If I don't see it, it cannot see me either. So I would close my eyes, and I would get super excited around. And I would be excited for the first two or three steps. But as soon as I kicked my little toe in something, I'd be like, oh, blindness is no kid's play. I cannot imagine how it feels to be blind, to not be able to see anything. It's probably a very hard reality. In the biblical times, blindness was very common. A lot of people were born blind, but also a lot of people would lose their sight because of infections, due to the lack of hygiene of the time. That's probably one of the reasons why in the Bible we have so many stories of Jesus healing blind people. There is something really special about the miracles, because I think that all those people were seeking healing, and I think that's our story. I think we are all seeking healing. I think their cry is still our cry. We all want healing. And I think that's the reason why we have those stories in the Bible. Because Jesus knew that we could resonate with them. Among all those stories, the story of Bartimaeus on Mark 10 really gets my attention. Would you open your Bible with me in Mark 10? Mark 10, verse 46. Now, with our Bibles open, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here, and thank you because you created a day that we could just rest in the assurance of our salvation for us. Thank you for this reminder that you've done what we couldn't. Help us to message sent from you. May your Holy Spirit fill our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. So Mark 10, verse 46 to 52 says, They came to Jericho, and as Jesus was living with his disciples in a large crown, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of T- 
Bartimaeus was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many of the people scolded him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Get up, he's calling you. So he threw up his cloak, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. Teacher, the blind man answered, I want to see again. Go, Jesus told him, Your faith has made you well. At once, he was able to see and follow Jesus on the road. The first thing that really gets my attention in this story is how Bartimaeus refers to Jesus. He calls him Son of David. Jesus had many names in the Bible. Can you think of some? How did... Prince of Peace, that's one, that's one of the ones I thought. Do you, can, can you think of something else? Lion of the tribe of Judah, was that it? Teacher, uh, son of justice. I really like this one, son of justice. Jesus had many names, but Bartimaeus decided to call him son of David. Son of David was a special name because it's a messianic name. By calling Jesus son of David, he was saying, I believe you are the Messiah. I believe that you are who you say you are. To approach Jesus and to be able to be healed by Jesus, we got to believe who he is. We cannot be healed by him. It's interesting to me that Bartimaeus never had an encounter with Jesus before. But he believed in Jesus. The only way that we can be healed is if we have faith in him. The second thing that I really like about this story is the strange question that is asked to Bartimaeus. The blind man takes his stick and he goes trembling, walking in Jesus' direction. Someone helps him to go in the right way. Then he stops in front of Jesus with his opaque, half-opened eyes pointing to Jesus. And then Jesus asks him, What do you want me to do for you? In his mind, Bartimaeus was just like, What? Can't you see? Are you blind too? It was obvious to him that what he needed was sight. Everyone could see. He was a beggar. He was probably not well-dressed. He was probably not smelling good. And, first, and most of all, he couldn't see. That was obvious to everybody. I always wonder why Jesus asked his question. Maybe Bartimaeus thought that Jesus was being sarcastic. Maybe he thought that Jesus was mocking him like everybody else did. How dare you ask what I need? You can see it. It's obvious. But aside of all of that, he said, Lord, that I'm, I might receive my sight. Jesus answered him and said, Your faith has saved you, and he is immediately healed and continues to follow Jesus. That's the end of the story of Bartimaeus. He's not in the Bible ever again. That's the only time. And I continue to ask myself, what happened to him? How did he continue his life? What does it feel to be blind and such a sermon 
that I always imagine that recovering your sight is such a romantic thing. You open your eyes and you can see the sky for the first time. And you, he saw Jesus. That's so special. That's probably super cool. They are super amazing. And Jason and I were talking exactly about this. And I recently read an article where a specialist talks about what it feels to be blind and recover your sight for the first time. And he said that it's anything but comfortable. A person that was blind for a long time, first of all, we got a huge dizziness and fall because of all the light. Then, then you have a great discomfort in the stomach and nausea. They will be totally disoriented because they, were, they are not used to seeing with their eyes. They are totally oriented by sounds, by senses. Recovering the sight was not comfortable. Later, when he needed now to find a job, that man probably never had a job. He lived off begging. How was that now to have to learn a trade and earn your own living? I wonder if he even knew how to go back home. He continued to follow Jesus. He probably was left by his auxiliaries. And now what? How do I find my way home? I was wondering, thinking that at this time, Jesus' question makes sense. That's maybe why Jesus asked him, Do you really want to be healed? Do you know that your life will be changed? Do you know that you have to deal with uncomfortable things? Do you know now that being healed implicates a lot of changes? I think that's what Jesus was asking him. I see that you are blind. Do you really want to be healed? I believe that we all want healing. In different areas of our life, of course. But we all want healing. Jesus' question is very simple. What do you want to see? I remember that when I came to Arise, I was super excited. I never heard anything about David Ashwick or James Rafferty or Ty Gibson. I didn't know who any of those guys were. But I had a friend who went to Arise, and he told me, Arise changed my life. That's all I needed to know. I didn't need to know anything else. And I was super excited because I was like, I'm sure that God can do great things in me there. I'm sure that He can heal me. I'm sure that He can bring healing to my story. And He could. But it was not, it was not as easy as I thought. I remember that one of the hardest parts of our eyes, we had a class that was called, and a week later, we would have to share our testimonies with a group. That was so scary. It's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to share anything. <laughs> I don't like this. And I remember that I wrote my testimony, and I tried to be vulnerable, but I really sugarcoated it. I really did a testimony where I shared things that I was slightly comfortable with. I really went super superficial as much as I could and moved on. But when I came back to the internship, we are presented again with this concept called vulnerability. And we are studying and seeing that being vulnerable with each other is a way to get closer to each other and to God. Um, Brene Brown, she's a social scientist, and I was looking for the concept of vulnerability, and she says that vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Doesn't that sound scary? 
emotional exposure. That's the last thing that I wanted, to be emotionally exposed. I grew up in Brazil, as uh, many of you guys know, and you probably noticed this really amazing accent, <laughs> this really thick accent. <laughs> and growing up, growing up in Brazil, we had a really clear vision of what it means to be a man. In our society, men don't feel. Men don't talk about problems. Up, we don't talk about problems. You bring your problems to God only, and that's it. That's more than enough. You come to church on Sabbath, you have a happy smile, and that's it. So to me, the concept of being vulnerable about my struggles and about the things that I have struggled in my life was totally scared. I was not used to that at all. So, in the internship, when we decided to share our stories with each other, it seemed like God was being ironic with me. How come God wants me to share the things that I don't even want to think about with other people to be healed? So I decided to go to the Bible and see if this vulnerability thing made any sense. If this was in the Bible. So I found a couple of verses that I would like you to go with me. Uh, if you open your Bible in James 5. James 5, verse 16. And it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Confess your trespasses to who? To one another. I was like, wow, is this for real? Is this in the Bible? I always thought that talking to Jesus was more than enough because he's the most important person that I can ever talk to. Isn't that true? He's the creator. He's everything. But Jesus is telling me here that there is something special about talking to each other about our struggles. He's saying that he put in the process of each other healings. I was then reminded of another verse that you probably know. It's a very common verse. It's in Galatians 6. In Galatians 6, verse 2 says, Bear one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burden. I never thought of this verse like that. It's like, why is it that confessing and talking about my struggles with other people people is bearing each other's burden. In the internship, we talk a lot about this concept of being fully known and fully loved. Knowing that someone knows the things about you that you're not proud of and they still loves you has something special in it. God doesn't use shame. We all feel ashamed of something. At some point in our lives, we all feel ashamed of something. And I discovered that the only way to deal with shame is doing, bad, is doing what the Bible tells here. Confessing our trespasses to one another. Talking about our struggles with one another is God's way to help us to deal with shame. And we can't access that if we don't decide to, to do what he's saying here. 
The last verse that I would like you to open with me this morning is in Romans 7. Romans 7, verse 23 and 24 says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Think of examples of someone who was vulnerable in the Bible. And it's interesting to see that Paul, throughout the whole New Testament, is openly talking about his, I have a lot of sins. Do you know me? I still struggle with my flesh. Do you know me? I'm a broken person. I think a lot of times we think of leadership and we think that to be a leader and to be respected and to give a good example, we cannot talk about our struggles. We cannot let people know that we have doubts in our faith. We cannot let people know that we have struggles in our life. And it's interesting to see that Paul did the exactly opposite of that. He was a leader, and he was giving the example of saying, we need to be open with each other. We need to talk with each other. about. After much talking, we decided to share our, our stories. We decided to sit in our conference room at Lightburst, all facing each other, and to tell the story of how God has been saving us. It was hard. It was the last thing that I wanted to do. I really wanted to just be that kid who grew up in church and had no problems. And that's not only what I wanted people to believe. That's what I wanted to be my story. I wanted that to be my story. But wishing it didn't change the fact that even though I grew up at Venice, I still looked for the love that only God could give me in many relationships. That didn't change the fact that I broke a lot of boundaries in relationships looking for the love that only God could give me. It didn't change the fact that I'm a broken human being that constantly needs God. My turn came, and I shared this with all of the interns, and it felt terrible at the moment. It just felt terrible to talk about all those things that I didn't want anyone to know. But afterwards, I experienced something beautiful. Being free from the shame of our past, being able to reach out to someone when I need help with my struggles. That's a gift from God. And we can only experience that when we step in in the territory of bondage. We are all blind. We are no different than Bartimaeus. Since you guys are open, opening it, I can, re- I can hear the, the pages going, so let's read it. Matthew 13, verse 15 and 16 says, For the hearts of these people have grown due, Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. In our human condition, we are all blind. And you may be wondering, I can see all things here. I can see the light. I can see you. Our blindness is deeper than that. We are always spiritually blind. That Bartimaeus did is to recognize who Jesus is. 
The first thing that he said was, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew who Jesus was. But he finished the phrase saying, have mercy on me. He also knew who he was. We need to be aware that we are blind. We cannot just play that we are all okay, that we are all fine and nothing is wrong. Until we don't recognize that we are blind and that we need Jesus, we cannot be healed. We need as Bartimaeus to recognize who we are and who Jesus is. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. We have a promise that we can have our sight back. But we need to know that Jesus will ask us, Do you really want healing? Do you know what healing implicates? When Jesus looked at me and said, Gabriel, do you really want healing? Do you really want to be vulnerable? It sounds easy to just say, yeah, I want to be healed. But do you really want to be healed? I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what you need to be healed from. But Jesus is asking you, do you really want to be healed? You got to know that to be healed, you're going to go through some process. And you're going to have to pass through vulnerability. Being healed is is not always a pretty process. We need to accept to go through the process of healing, even if it's an uncomfortable process, even if it means being vulnerable, even if it means reaching out to your brother when you feel like isolating. But changing a little bit the perspective. Getting his sight back was not easy. I'm sure it was hard to Bartimaeus. But do you think that he regretted having his sight? I would rather just be blind because now I need to find a job. I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. I don't think that was the case. Healing can be an interesting process. But it's always worth it. Because I think that Bartimaeus' miracle was more than actually his just vision. I think the thing that really changed Bartimaeus was his encounter with Jesus. And I think we cannot change that for anything. I think his physical healing was just a consequence of the encounter that he had with Jesus. Having an encounter with Jesus, having a relationship, it's always worth it. There is nothing else that could substitute that. There is nothing else that could be in the place of that. In Mark 10, Mark 10 and verse 49 in the New King James Version says, So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. May you and I today have good courage. Jesus is calling us to be healed. Let us decide to follow him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you because we have the opportunity of finding healing in you. Thank you because even though we are spiritually blind and we are broken human beings and we have so many sins, you still decided to come 
to this earth and give your life and do the things that we couldn't do for ourselves. Thank you because it's by faith that you can be saved in you. Help us to every voice, even when it means doing things that make us uncomfortable, even when it means to be vulnerable, even when it, when it means to leave our comfort zone. Send your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit continue to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen.